is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Jordan Mean Face, huh? A-Ride got them all side, free plate, huh? That's a cheesecake, huh? On a hot plate, huh? Hail Mary, yeah, Aaron to Devante. Green Bookers, yellow ass canaries, Eliante. Got me shining great. I just hit you boys with the Rogers rate. Came up with the pack, I done well with the pack. Aaron Rodgers in the trap, I got 12 on my back. Got me rolling out the pocket. Batiara blocking, throw it past the tire. Simple man science. Uh, pack him up. I know Preston Smith gonna tackle him. I know Darius Smith gonna back him up. And you know Darnell the Savage, bro. Got Mason Crowder, the kick is good. Green and yellow, we stick it to it. Super Bowl goals, shooting for the stars. Make the trick pull. Uh-huh, you know what it be. Cheese said Alicia Keys. I'm going Swiss cheese, big jeans. Falling hard like big meats, big league. Super Bowl champ, big ring, big bling. Lombardi trophy, yeah, bitch team. Shining like a bar star, number 15 in green. Bomb fresh and it's a mint green. Lister green. About to mess around with history, trickery. Green bait chains, whistle clean. It's a scene. Like Paul Hunting, I got five on it, yeah, yeah. Welcome to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. Here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Y'all hear the song. We got Packer football tonight at Lambeau Field. Remember, go and follow Wise Guys on the Wise Guys Twitter page at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram. These guys know sports. Another action down-packed show. NFL Week 11 is upon us. We got some big-time matchups this weekend in the NFL. We got the AFC West battle. Patrick Mahomes versus Justin Herbert in L.A. Chiefs, Chargers on Sunday night football. Anytime the Chiefs and Chargers get together, we know it's going to be a high-scoring affair and a very, very entertaining football game. Also, Sunday afternoon, we got the Cowboys versus the Vikings in Minnesota. I'm going to preview that game as well. And I'm going to preview NFL Week 11. We're getting close to December football where every game counts. And also, we get into that time of year where teams who are trying to improve their draft status, they want to lose out. They don't want to really win no games. So we, we got a few teams that's at that moment, at that point of the season. Remember, you can call into the show, 513-203. 8655-513-203-8655. Give me your predictions for NFL Week 11. Is there a specific game that you want to talk about? Call into the show. But we begin tonight in the NFL in Thursday Night Football. It's on Amazon Prime Video. It's going to be in eight 
15 kickoff at Lambeau Field. It's the six and three Tennessee Titans taking on the four and six Green Bay Packers. The over under for this game is 42.0. The Packers are favored by three and a half points. So as I look at this matchup tonight, one of the things that's going to be important for me is when it comes to the Green Bay Packers, I believe the Packers need to keep their same formula that they had when they came from behind against the Dallas Cowboys. Last week against the Dallas Cowboys, the Packers were three and six. The, uh, the season was unraveling right before our very eyes. They went into the fourth quarter trailing the Dallas Cowboys 28 to 14. And the offense was average at that point going into the fourth quarter, but it wasn't good enough. And in the fourth quarter, I felt like Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur stuck with what was working for the Packers. And they didn't put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands and have him throw 35, 40 times in the game last week. They had a balanced attack with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon last week combined, they had 37 carries. They had over 200 rushing yards, and Aaron Rodgers only had 20 pass attempts. 20 pass attempts. Now, three of those 20 pass attempts went to Christian Watson, the rookie receiver. He had a breakout performance. He had four receptions. 107 receiving yards, three touchdowns. But I want to give some credit to Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur for staying committed to the running game. The strength of the Packers football team is not the receiving core. It's not Aaron Rodgers. It's Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. That's the path for the Packers to get back into the NFC race and possibly get back into the playoffs. They got to lean on Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And shout out to my man Aaron Jones. He had 24 carries, 138 rushing yards, averaged close to six yards per carry, one touchdown. The one touchdown that he did have, he dove into the end zone, Marshawn Lynch style, beast mode. I love that, that, that dive into the end zone by Aaron Jones, man. That was big time. But Aaron Jones is a top 10 running back in the NFL. He's so elusive. He can run between the tackles and take tough hits, but he's also elusive outside the tackles and can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's a nightmare for opposing defensive coordinators because they don't have linebackers who can cover Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is the best player on the Packers offense. He's the best player on the Packers offense. So. Shout out to Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers getting Aaron Jones the football. Now, in this matchup against the Tennessee Titans tonight, the Packers offensively need to have the same recipe. Now, here's the thing. In this matchup against the Titans, the Titans have the 31st ranked pass defense, and they give up 273 passing yards per game. But Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, don't fall for the bait. Don't fall for the bait. Continue to run the football 
with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon because I don't believe the Packers have the horses at receiver to throw the ball for over 40 times and have over four, Aaron Rodgers have over 400 yards passing. No, rely on your strength and continue to run the football so you can set up play action. That's why we saw Christian Watson have his breakout performance because they relied on their running game and their running game opened up the passing game for Christian Watson to exploit that Cowboys secondary. But again, in this matchup, the Titans, they're the 31st ranked pass defense in the NFL, and they do have some injuries in this game. Linebacker Bud Dupree, he's out. Amani Hooker, their other defensive back, he's out in this game. So the Packers can take some chances down the field throwing the football because this Titans secondary is injury, injury plague right now. They're, they're injured. It's a lot. They got dealing with a lot of injuries, but we're, we're, remain committed to the run. Stay committed to the running game. Even if Aaron Rodgers has 25 pass attempts tonight, that's not bad. I'm okay with that, but we don't need Aaron Rodgers having 35 plus pass attempts. That is not the formula for the Packers. It damn sure ain't the winning formula for the Green Bay Packers. But now when you look at the Packers defense versus the Titans offense, you have to slow down Derrick Henry. We know Ryan Tannehill is their quarterback, but Ryan Tannehill is a game manager at best. This Titans offense starts and ends with Derrick Henry. You look at Derrick Henry for the season, he has 202 carries, 923 rushing yards, nine touchdowns, averaging over 4.5 yards per carry. Derrick Henry is still a top five running back in the NFL. He is a workhorse, and as the game goes along and you get into the third and fourth quarter, teams on the opposing defense, they don't want to have to tackle Derrick Henry. And it's starting to get cold. So you see defenders who will act like they are trying to tackle Derrick Henry, but they have no intentions of tackling Derrick Henry. They're trying to gang tackle Derrick Henry because more than likely, if it's just one player trying to tackle Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry's going to win that matchup. He's going to win that matchup. So I want to see that Packers defense, led by defensive coordinator Joe Barry, rally to the football. If you got to put eight, nine in the box, to slow down that Titans rushing attack with Derrick Henry, do what you got to do. Put 8-9 in the box. Force Ryan Tannehill to beat you. Force him to beat you. Now, last week against the Denver Broncos, Ryan Tannehill did have two touchdown passes, and Nick Westbrook, the receiver for the Tennessee Titans, he had five receptions, 119 receiving yards, Two touchdowns. So he stepped up in the passing game for the Titans against the Broncos. But I believe that is the recipe for success against this Titans offense. Put 8-9 in the box and force Ryan Tannehill to beat you. Because I believe, and what's so crazy is, Derrick Henry, even with 8-9 in the box, he still can have a great performance. But you want to force Ryan Tannehill to have to throw the football to Westbrook, to Austin, Hopper, the tight end, 
two, Burks, the receiver, Robert Woods as well. You want to force the Titans to have to go to their passing game to win football games. I'd like to see a 60-40 mix of rushing to passing. Agree or disagree because they're top five rushing defense. If we want to win tonight, receivers need to win their routes. I agree with that, David L.A. That's my that's my guy, David L.A. Go and follow him on all social media platforms. Big time Packers fan as well. I believe you have to have 60% rushing attack, 40% passing attack. So the, the Packers have to have a balanced attack. And last week they did just that. Last week the Packers, they had 208 passing yards, 207 rushing yards. Talk about balance. Defensively, it's going to be important for that Packers defense to, to slow down Derrick Henry and force Ryan Tannehill to beat you. We look at the Tennessee Titans over the last few years. We know how dynamic Derrick Henry is. But the questions about the Tennessee Titans is whether or not Ryan Tannehill can elevate his game at key pivotal moments in football games for the Tennessee Titans to be a legit contender in the AFC. I, we saw last year in the playoff game, in the divisional round playoff matchup against the Bengals, before fans could even get back to their seats, Ryan Tannehill threw an interception. The first play of the game, Ryan Tannehill threw an interception. And he had three interceptions in that playoff game against the Bengals. This is why opposing teams, when they go up against the Tennessee Titans, they feel like they can beat the Tennessee Titans because when push comes to shove and the money is at the front of the table and you need your quarterback to make a game-winning play, Ryan Tannehill has not delivered for the Tennessee Titans. He has not came through for them. So that's why you believe you can beat the Tennessee Titans. You know how great of a running back Derrick Henry is. We know that Mike Vrabel is one of the best coaches in the NFL. We know the Tennessee Titans as a football team as a whole, is a physical football team. But the questions about the Tennessee Titans is whether or not Ryan Tannehill can make clutch plays in clutch moments for the Tennessee Titans to win football games, especially once we get into December and January. And for his career, he just has not shown an ability to do that. And so that's what I think the Packers need to do tonight. Now, when it comes to my prediction for tonight's game, they at Lambeau, the Packers are fresh off a win against the Dallas Cowboys. The Tennessee Titans are coming into Lambeau Field, injured, dealing with a lot of injuries on that football team right now. It's a short week for the Titans and the Packers. But I'm going to roll with the Packers to beat the Titans tonight at Lambeau Field. I'm going Packers 27, Titans 17. I think the Packers take care of business tonight at Lambeau Field. And I believe that the Packers win their second consecutive game and improve to 5-6 and six and stay in the NFL playoff race in the NFC. And there's one more thing I'm going to say. The energy is about to shift. The energy is about to shift. And you're going to see it tonight on Amazon Prime Video when the Packers beat the Tennessee Titans. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter.
at Wise Guys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Be sure to follow Wise Guys Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Coming out the break, I'm going to talk about the Las Vegas Raiders and their issues right now as a football team. I'll be right back. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Wise guys, wise guys, wise guys, wise guys, wise guys, wise guys, Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell, Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell, these guys know sports, wise guys, these guys know sports, wise guys, Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell, these guys know sports, And welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember, go and follow the Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore H. And also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And also on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Don't forget you can catch the Wise Guys Sports Show every Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Thursday, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. I try to be off before the Thursday night football game comes on. And you can also catch the Wise Guys podcast on all streaming platforms like Spreaker, like Podomatic. If you got an iPhone, you can watch the or listen to the Wise Guys Sports Show on your podcast app. Go and subscribe to the Wise Guys Sports YouTube page as well. So catch all your Wise Guys content on social media and on YouTube as well. Let's transition to the Las Vegas Raiders as the Raiders' struggles continue. The Indianapolis Colts beat the Las Vegas Raiders 25-20. to The Raiders fell to 2-7 and on the season. This was head coach Mike or Josh McDaniels after the game. He said, this process is certainly slower and more painful than anybody wants it to be. And so Las Vegas Raiders owner, Mark Davis, he had some comments on head coach Josh McDaniels. This is Mark Davis on McDaniels. He says, quote, people in today's world want instant gratification. The guys coached nine games. We're two two and seven. Not the results we're looking for, but at the same time, We've lost six one-score games with the ball and a chance to win at the end. I gave him my vote of confidence when I signed him to a contract to be the coach of the Raiders. That's when I gave it to him. Rome was not built in a day. Those were Raiders owner Mark Davis' comments on Josh McDaniels, the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. So when I look at this situation right now with the Las Vegas Raiders, I believe the Las Vegas Raiders as an NFL franchise are pathetic. They have been god-awful so far this season. They are 2-7 and seven on the season. And remember, this was a team that made moves in the offseason to be better. They traded for wide receiver Devontae Adams. They also brought in Chandler Jones to help out their defense with Crosby, 
as well. They brought in Anthony Everett at defensive back. They also brought in Brandon Bolden at running back. This was a Raiders team that was supposed to compete in the AFC West and in the AFC overall. This is a team that last year, in the final 12 games of the season, they finished 7-5. and five. They won four straight games to finish the regular season. They had a hard-fought playoff game against the Bengals, but it was very competitive. The Raiders could have easily beat the Bengals in that wild-card matchup last year. This was led by interim head coach Rich Basaccia. And remember, last year, we saw this Raiders football team go through so many different obstacles. You, we, we saw former head coach John Gruden get fired because of racial remarks that he made in some emails. We saw that Henry Ruggs' life was ruined along with the young lady that he killed in that car crash in Vegas. This Las Vegas Raiders football team last year went through so many different obstacles, and we saw Derek Carr show leadership when the Raiders needed it the most. They needed Derek Carr's leadership last year, and he showed it. He proved it. He proved that he was one of the best leaders in the NFL. Statistically, his season was average last year. He had 23 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 4,804 passing yards, quarterback rating of 94.0. But last year, I thought Derek Carr led this Raiders team when they were at their darkest moments. And I saw a football team that enjoyed playing football together. And they were one unit when they played football games on Sundays. That is no longer the case. So in the offseason, Mark Davis had the option to retain Rich Bisaccia, but he let Rich Bisaccia go to Green Bay, and he became the special teams coach in Green Bay. He brought in Josh McDaniels. Now, Josh McDaniels was the previous coach in Denver in 2009 and 2010. When Josh McDaniels was the head coach of the Denver Broncos, he went 11-17. and 17. He won 39% of his games. So we already knew that Josh McDaniels is not a head coach that you can rely on to lead a group of men. Because that's what we're dealing with in the NFL. This is not kids at the collegiate level. These are grown men who have mortgages to pay, kids to put through college. So when you walk into these NFL locker rooms as head coaches, you have to be able to connect with your football team. And Josh McDaniels, has just not been able to do that so far this season. The Las Vegas Raiders, as a football team, 
is pathetic. And Josh McDaniels, in his second stint as a head coach, is not proving that he is worthy of being an NFL head coach. Some coaches are coordinators, and they're great coordinators. It's going on right now in Denver. Nathaniel Hackett is a great coordinator. He was the office of coordinator in Green Bay the last two years when Aaron Rodgers won back-to-back NFL MVPs. Nathaniel Hackett was the office of coordinator of the Packers. And this season in Denver, as the head coach, Nathaniel Hackett has been a disaster. He's been a disaster. And it's the same thing is going on with Josh McDaniels. Everyone wanted to assume because Josh McDaniels has had so much success in New England with Tom Brady, with Bill Belichick, with Robert Kraft, everyone wants to assume that Josh McDaniels can lead a group of men as a head coach. And so far this season, he just has not gotten it done. And in his coaching career, Josh McDaniels is 13 and 23. He's won 36% of his games as an NFL head coach. So I don't know what the hell Mark Davis is talking about when he says everyone wants instant gratification. No, everyone witnessed last year with Rich Passaccia, we witnessed your football team play together as one unit and Rich Passaccia in a short amount of time had the respect from his football team. It's something that Josh McDaniels is still searching for. You got players on this Raiders football team that don't even want to play for the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, they want to be in Las Vegas. I guarantee you they want to remain in Las Vegas. But they are having issues coming to work every day knowing that they are not in a position to win football games. Last year, this football team was competitive. They showed heart last year. They played together. They played for Derek Carr. They played for each other. And we saw it last year in the playoff game against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals was a more superior football team than the Raiders were last year. And the Bengals only won 26 to 19, I believe. I believe that score was 26 to 19. So, I don't like the way that Josh McDaniels has coached his football team. And you look at the statistics and how they have been in one-score games. Last year, the Raiders were 7-2 in one-score games. They won 78% of their one-score games. That was tied for second in the NFL. This year, the Raiders are 0-6 in one-score games. And they are ranked dead last in the NFL in one-score games. Now, one-score games are games decided by eight points or less. So, again, they have talent. You got Josh Jacobs at running back. You got Devontae Adams, an all-pro receiver, at your disposal. You got Hunter Renfro. You got Darren Waller, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. 
They brought in Chandler Jones in the offseason. They got Max Crosby as well. They got talent on this Raiders football team. This football team is not void of talent. They got talent. So it has to be coaching. That's the biggest issue with the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't know what the hell Mark Davis is talking about. What happened to just win, baby? Just win, baby. What happened to that? Because the Raiders are not winning games like they were expected to coming into the season. The Las Vegas Raiders have been the most disappointing football team in the NFL. I look at their roster top to bottom. I think they have more talent than even the Denver Broncos. They're right up there with the, with the Chargers. As much talent as they have, they got a lot of talent. You look at Derek Carr this year. He got 13 touchdowns, five interceptions. He's completing 62% of his passes. Derek Carr has regressed as a quarterback as well. And I listened to his press conference after the loss to the Colts the other day. And he was, you know, he was teared up in his press conference. And he talked about how it seems like he was basically saying that some guys are committed and other guys are not committed. So what, what you have is a situation where let's just say he's talking about a particular receiver who is committed and comparison to receiver who is not committed. So we know Devontae Adams is committed, okay? The all-pro receiver, Devontae Adams, is committed. And I know Devontae is going through it because Devontae Adams is used to winning football games. And in the regular season, Devontae Adams has went 39-10, and 10, went to two NFC Championship games, was the number one seed last year in the NFC. He ain't used to losing. But I think what Derek Carr is talking about is he knows Devontae Adams is working hard. So if it's a play where Devontae Adams is tightly covered or even double covered, where two players are trying to guard Devontae Adams, and you got on the other side an opposing receiver who is single covered but open, Derek Carr is saying, I'm going to throw the ball to Devontae because Devontae is putting in the work during the week to get better and help this football team improve. The other guy on the other side, He's not as committed as Devontae Adams is. That's what I think he's talking about. So the Raiders are a mess. They are a mess as a football team right now, and they will not be in playoff contention. And it's time to get ready for 2023. Figure out what you're going to do moving forward. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys No Sports. Coming out the break, I'm going to discuss Cowboys Vikings in Minnesota. I'll be right back. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell. Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell. These guys know sports.
And welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. Everybody remember going to follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. So kickoff is a little over 35 minutes from now at Lambeau Field. So I'm going to be on for another 20 to 25 minutes talking NFL Week 11 and previewing some of these games. I'm going to also preview the AFC West battle. Mahomes versus Herbert here in a bit. And I'm going to give my NFL Week 11 wise picks. So stay tuned for that as well. You can always call into the show, 513-203-8655. 513-203-8655. I want to read some of these comments on here real quick on the live. Trey Rice, my guy, man. That's my 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 boy Trey Rice on here, man. We went to school together. That fellow, they about to run y'all to death. Titans by six. Knock it off, Trey. Come on, man. Knock it off. Don't, don't try to put my Packers in that same boat as your Steelers, bro. We know your Steelers are tanking for 2023. The Pittsburgh Steelers season is over. Their Super Bowl is Sunday against the Bengals. But my Packers, we still, we still contending for a playoff spot. Now, let's transition to an NFC battle in Minnesota Sunday afternoon. We got the six and three Dallas Cowboys traveling to Minnesota to take on the eight and one Minnesota Vikings. It's a 425 kickoff. The Cowboys surprisingly are favored by one and a half points. The over under for this game is 47.5. Let's get into this matchup and start off with the Cowboys. Cowboys six and three on the season. They are fresh off an overtime loss to the Green Bay Packers, 31-28. My biggest issue with the Dallas Cowboys is, offensively, I believe that they go away for what works for them at times in games. On the last two offensive plays for the Cowboys last week in the overtime loss to the Packers, the Cowboys were in Packers territory. They had the ball first in overtime. And on third and fourth down, the Cowboys decided to throw the football. And it made no sense because last week, Tony Pollard had it going against the Packers defense. He had 22 carries, 115 rushing yards. He was averaging over five yards per carry. He had one touchdown. And for the game, the Cowboys, offensively, they had, 159 rushing yards. So I believe the Cowboys need to run the football more when it's working. I don't understand why in that moment, if you're going to go for it on fourth down, why would you throw the ball on third down? They should have ran the football on third down, and then that could have possibly set you up for a manageable fourth down. I don't understand how you drop Dak Prescott back to pass on key pivotal plays on third and fourth down in overtime. I thought that was bad play calling by Mike McCarthy. I think in order for this Dallas Cowboys team offensively to reach their ultimate goals, they need to establish the running game with Tony Pollard, with Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott, there's reports that he's going to return back to the field, and he's going to play in this game. So Ezekiel Elliott is their power back 
and Tony Pollard is their speed back. So they have a dynamic duo at the running back position. We talk about best running back tandems in the NFL. Cowboys are one of them with Pollard, with Ezekiel Elliott. You got Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon with the Packers. You got Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb with the Browns. Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott deserve to be in that conversation. You don't need to drop that back to pass 40 and 45 times per game for the Cowboys to win football games. That has not been a recipe for success for the Cowboys. Like, they throw the ball and are ranked 26th in the NFL in passing yards per game. They average 199 passing yards per game. But on the flip side, they average 135 rushing yards per game. That's ranked sixth in the NFL. So your rushing attack is one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL. Stick to your strength. And I thought last week the reason why the Cowboys lost the game was not only the play calling of Mike McCarthy, but Dak Prescott threw two bad interceptions in the first half. One interception was in the red zone when the Cowboys were looking to go up 14-0. Had the Cowboys went up 14-0 on the Packers, maybe the outcome is different. Maybe the Packers start thinking to themselves, we're 3-6, and six, season is not going well, guys start hanging their heads. Maybe the game goes a little different if Dak Prescott doesn't throw that costly interception in the red zone in the first half. So you got, you got to run the football with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. You look at Dak Prescott for the season, he got six touchdowns, four interceptions, 856 passing yards. He's completing 64% of his passes. So Dak Prescott is not an elite quarterback. He's good but he's not elite. He's not on the same level as a Joe Burrow or a Justin Herbert or a Patrick Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson or a Josh Allen. That's not the level that Dak Prescott is on. He's on a tier below that. He's on a tier below that. Dak Prescott, to me, is a quarterback that is borderline top 10, but definitely top 15. That's Dak Prescott. So I think the Cowboys need to rely on a running game much more. You look at the Vikings against the run, they are ranked 16th in the NFL. They give up 118 rushing yards per game. So the Cowboys can definitely exploit that Vikings rush defense. They could definitely do it. You look at the Vikings and their defense, they are led by defensive coordinator Ed Donatelle. And I thought last week that Vikings defense did an outstanding job creating turnovers when they played the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. I got to give them a lot of credit because in the game, the Vikings were trailing by 17 to the Buffalo Bills. And that defense forced two interceptions out of Josh Allen. You look at their defense. They got Harrison Phillips at nose tackle, at linebacker. You got Denell Hunter. You got Eric Kendricks. You got Jordan Hicks in your secondary. You got Patrick Peterson, they got Harrison Smith as well, Shannon Sullivan, and then still they got Zadarius Smith. He is the linebacker, the free agent linebacker who signed with the Vikings, who previously played with the Packers. 
So they got a nice defense. And again, they're average against the run. But you could throw the ball against that Vikings defense. They rank 29th in the NFL against the pass. They give up 263 passing yards per game. So, again, I think the, similar to what the Packers need to do, even though your opponent struggles against the pass, still run the football with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. That's the same advice I gave the Packers, running the football with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, despite the Titans being terrible against the pass. Still run that football. Cowboys still run that ball, despite the Vikings being terrible against the pass. Now, when you look at the Vikings' offense versus the Cowboys' defense, offensively, the Vikings are led by Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, for the season, he has 14 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 2,356 passing yards. He's completing 64% of his passes. Last week against the Bills, he did throw two interceptions, and Justin Jefferson did bail Kirk Cousins out on that fourth and 18 play because he had the catch of the year. And by the way, that catch was better than Odell's catch, and I love Odell Beckham, but that Jefferson catch was better than Beckham's catch, given the magnitude of that particular play. If Jefferson doesn't catch that football, the Buffalo Bills win that football game. So we look at Kirk Cousins. I don't believe that Kirk Cousins is elite. I believe he's playing well. But there are no more excuses for Kirk Cousins because I look at this Vikings offense. You got a dynamic running back in Dalvin Cook. He can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. You got Justin Jefferson, the best receiver in the NFL. You got Adam Thielen, who I believe is the best second receiver in the NFL. You got K.J. Osborne. You got newly acquired tight end T.J. Hawkinson. They got weapons offensively for Kirk Cousins. And this is why you look at the Vikings offense. Look at some of their numbers. They average 25 points per game. That's ranked 25th in the NFL. They average 372 total yards per game. That's ranked 10th in the NFL. And their passing attack is ranked 7th. They average 249 passing yards per game. That's ranked 8th, 7th. So this Vikings passing attack is one of the best passing attacks in the NFL. And it's going to come down to whether or not Kirk Cousins can protect the football. We've seen in primetime games Kirk Cousins come up small. We've seen it. That's the only question we got about the Vikings. Is Kirk Cousins going to be able to sustain his level of play at a great level for the Vikings to be true Super Bowl contenders. We know the Vikings are a playoff team. More than likely, they will win the NFC North. But whether or not they can go on a legit Super Bowl run is going to depend on Kirk Cousins and his ability to protect the football and play well in big, meaningful football games. I give a lot of credit to Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell. He's done an outstanding job establishing a relationship with Kirk Cousins. Last year, I thought that was the biggest issue with the Vikings. Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer didn't have the best relationship, but Kevin O'Connell has established a relationship with Kirk Cousins. But I think they need to run the football more. They definitely need to run the football more. Dalvin Cook for the season got 145 carries. 
727 rushing yards, averaging over five yards per carry, six touchdowns, and their rushing attack is ranked 23rd in the NFL. They average 107 rushing yards per game. If you want to be a true contender in the NFC, you got to establish the run game more. I need Dalvin Cook to, to start having more of an imprint on the Vikings winning football games. He has to be a factor in the Vikings game plan. He has to be. So when it comes to who I'm going to pick to win this game, honestly, I'm surprised that Vegas has the Cowboys favored by one and a half points. I, I believe that the Vikings have earned the right to be favored in this game. If anything, it should be a pick game. But if you're going to favor a team, the Vikings should be favored over the Cowboys. So with that being said, I'm going to roll with the Minnesota Vikings beating the Dallas Cowboys in Minnesota. I'm going Vikings 31, Cowboys 24. Everybody go and follow the Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow the Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys No Sports. Coming out the break, I'm going to preview the matchup in the AFC West between Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. I'll be right back. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Tracy Blockins, Chris Mitchell. Tracy Blockins, Chris Mitchell. These guys know sports. Wise guys. These guys know sports. Wise guys. Tracy Blockins, Chris Mitchell. These guys know sports. And welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember, go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. And also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Let's transition to a matchup in the AFC West. It's Patrick Mahomes versus Justin Herbert in L.A. It's a Sunday night football matchup between the Chiefs and the Chargers. It's the 7-2 Kansas City Chiefs in L.A. to take on the 5-4 L.A. Chargers. These two teams did meet in week two. And the Chiefs beat the Chargers in Kansas City 27-24. So, one thing I want to say about this game before I preview this matchup, I love watching the Chiefs versus the Chargers. This is the most entertaining football game that you're going to find in the NFL. Every time the Chiefs and Chargers face off against each other, there are points scored, and it's entertaining football. If you're a betting man, go and bet on the over. What's the over in this game? Let's look at it. 50.0. Chiefs are favored by six and a half points. Go and bet on the over. It's going to go up by Sunday, but I can guarantee you it's going to be fireworks in L.A. on Sunday night when Patrick Mahomes faces off against Justin Herbert. It always is. Every time they play against each other, it's an entertaining football game. I love watching these two teams battle. 
Now, one thing I've noticed is every time the Chiefs Chargers play, the Chiefs ultimately win games <laughs> against the Chargers. They ultimately win the game, but the games are very, very competitive. And in this matchup, the Chargers are going to get some guys back. It's a great possibility that Keenan Allen will play in this game. DeAndre Carter, he's questionable in this matchup. And Dustin Hopkins, the kicker, he's questionable as well. So it's a possibility some of these players who've been injured for the L.A. Chargers, they're going to return back to the field. And that's what I want to start off with is the L.A. Chargers. The Chargers are 5-4 and four on the season. They are second in the AFC West. And obviously you look at Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert for the season, he has 14 touchdowns, six interceptions, 2,450 passing yards. But this Chargers team overall has been dealing with a lot of injuries. Hopkins has been out their kicker. Keenan Allen has been injured since the beginning of the season. DeAndre Carter has been dealing with a rib injury. Defensively, they lost J.C. Jackson, their free agent corner that they signed. They lost him for the season. He tore up his knee. Joey Bosa has been on IR. With the growing injury, the Chargers have been dealing with a lot of injuries. That's why I've reserved my opinion on the L.A. Chargers and on if they are a true contender in the AFC. They haven't had players healthy. They have not had players healthy. Offensively, going into the matchup against the San Francisco 49ers last week, Austin Ekelar was leading the Chargers in receptions. This is a Chargers team that has all-pro receiver Keenan Allen. They got Mike Williams. They got DeAndre Carter. Okay? And Austin Ekelar is leading your team in receptions. That's because they've been dealing with a lot of injuries. Even Justin Herbert had a rib injury earlier in the season. They also got blew out by the Jacksonville Jaguars 38-10 earlier in the season. And that was one of Justin Herbert's worst performances in the NFL since he's been the starting quarterback. One of his worst performances. Now, again, he's was he was dealing with a nagging rib injury at the time. He injured his ribs back in week two against the, Char the Chiefs in that Thursday night football matchup. So the Chargers have been dealing with a lot of injuries. They lost last week to the San Francisco 49ers. I thought last week they had a chance to beat the 49ers. They were leading the 49ers 16 to 10 at the half, but they were scoreless in the second half. And when you're going up against a juggernaut team in the 49ers, you have to be able to score points in the second half. You can't go scoreless in the second half and expect to beat Kyle Shanahan's 49ers. It's just not going to happen. Even with Jim Garoppolo at quarterback. So I thought last week, that Chargers team showed heart. They were in that matchup. It wasn't like the 49ers completely just dominated the football game. The 49ers had a come-from-behind win in the second half. Now, last week for the Chargers, offensively, they had 12 first downs. They went 6 of 16 on third downs, something that has to improve. They had 51 rushing yards. So that's something that the Chargers need to improve on. They have to run the football more with Austin Ekelar 
And you look at their numbers overall as a rushing attack. They're ranked 30th in the NFL. They average 85 rushing yards per game. They need to get their rushing attack going with Austin Ekelar. Austin Ekelar is a good running back. He's not elite like an Aaron Jones or like a Christian McCaffrey, but Austin Ekelar is a good running back who you can rely on to help your offense move the football. You don't want to become one-dimensional if you are the L.A. Chargers. You don't want to be one-dimensional. That's why I believe that the L.A. Rams, the defending Super Bowl champs, are struggling because they're one-dimensional. They have no running game to speak of. So the Chargers need to establish the running game with Austin Ekelar, and their offensive line needs to open up running lanes for their running backs. At center, you got Corey Lindsley, former Green Bay Packer. He's one of the best centers we have in the NFL. At right guard, you got Zion Johnson. You got Trey Pipkins, the third at right tackle. At left tackle, you got Jamari Sawyer. At left guard, you got Matt Fielder. So the Chargers offensive line needs to do a better job of opening up running lanes for Austin Nekalar so the Chargers can be a balanced attack because you got Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is a tremendous young quarterback. I believe his arm strength is the best in the NFL, along with, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Justin Herbert is in that conversation. So we know they got weapons in Mike Williams, in Keenan Allen, in Joshua Palmer, DeAndre Carter, Gerald Everett at tight end. They got weapons. But your weapons become even that much more dynamic if you can run the football with Austin Eckelar. Now, defensively for the Chargers, they're bottom half in a lot of major categories. They give up 373 total yards per game. That's ranked 23rd in the NFL. They, they are decent against the pass. They give up 209 passing yards per game. That's ranked 13th in the NFL. But if they want to try to have a chance to upset the Kansas City Chiefs, their pass defense has to play the best game of the season. We know offensively the Chiefs have the best passing offense in the NFL. They're ranked first in the NFL with 314 passing yards per game. This is with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes for the season, 25 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 2,936 passing yards. He is my leading candidate for NFL MVP honors right now. They got Travis Kelsey at tight end. They got Juju Smith-Schuster. They got Marquez Valdez-Scantlin as well in their offense. So if the Chargers want to have a chance at upsetting the Chiefs, their pass defense will be tested in this game. In their secondary, they got Darwin James. He's an all-pro. They got Asante Samuel Jr. They got Michael Davis as well. Again, them losing J.C. Jackson for the season is it's, it's crushing to their Super Bowl hopes. Like, J.C. Jackson is big time, and he was going to help this Chargers defense in the AFC. You're going up against these elite quarterbacks in the AFC, in Josh Allen, in Joe Burrow, in Patrick Mahomes. You need some premier defensive backs. And they're ranked 13th in the NFL against the pass. And they will be tested 
this week. Now, when it comes to the, the Chiefs, we know that offensively the Chiefs are the best offense in the NFL. I mean, they are top five in every major statistical category except rushing yards. They're first in total points scored per game with 30. They are second in total third down conversions converted with 52%. They are first in passing yards per game with 314 passing yards per game, and they're first in total yards per game with 435. This Chiefs offense is a high-powered offense, and it's going to be tough for the Chargers to slow down this dynamic Chiefs offense. It's going to be tough. Remember last week, the Chiefs, they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 27-17. to They led the Jaguars 20-7 to at the half. In the game, they had over 450 total yards of offense, 155 rushing yards for the game. So that was impressive from the, from the Chiefs. Anytime they can have over 100 yards rushing, that's going to help them be able to win football games. This running back, Isaiah Pecco, he's a very speedy running back in their offense. He had 16 carries for 82 rushing yards last week. But when it comes down to who's going to win this football game, I'm excited about it. We got Mahomes versus Herbert. But I'm going to roll with the Kansas City Chiefs beating the L.A. Chargers in L.A. I'm going Patrick Mahomes, 34, Justin Herbert, 27. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore OH. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Make sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys No Sports. Coming out the break, I'm going to give everyone my NFL Week 11 Wise Picks. I'll be right back. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports here on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember going to follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. It's that time of the week, ladies and gentlemen, the time that everyone's been waiting for on the show all week long. It is my NFL Week 11 Wise Picks. Remember, last week in Week 10, I did have a setback. I went 7-6 and six in my weekly wise picks. I'm expecting to get off to a better start this week. Remember, I got the Packers beating the Titans tonight on Amazon Prime Video, 27-17. to 17. And I did preview the Chiefs and Chargers game. Chiefs, 34, Chargers, 27. And I got the Vikings beating the Cowboys, 31-24. In Minnesota, let's get to these week 11 wise picks. 
The Philadelphia Eagles are not undefeated anymore. They are traveling to Indianapolis to take on Jeff Saturday and the Indianapolis Colts. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff in Indianapolis. The Eagles are favored by 6.5 points. The over-under for this matchup is 44.0. Eagles are fresh off a loss on Monday Night Football to the Commanders. The Colts did beat the Raiders last week in Las Vegas, but it ain't going to matter this week because the Eagles are out for revenge. I'm going Eagles 27, Colts 13. Moving on to the Rams, who are in New Orleans against the Saints. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff in New Orleans. The Saints are favored by four points. The over-under for this game is 39.0. The Rams are a one-dimensional football team. It's a possibility that Matthew Stafford will play in this game because he has cleared concussion protocol. But I believe the Saints are going to take care of business and beat the Rams. I think this is a down year for the L.A. Rams. And I think that the, the Saints are going to win in New Orleans and they're going to make it look easy in the Big Easy. I'm going Saints. 24, Rams, 13. Bears at Falcons. The Falcons are favored by three points in Atlanta. It's a one o'clock kickoff. The over-under for this game is 50. I love the way Justin Fields has been playing the last few weeks. Justin Fields has been sensational. Even though the Bears have lost games, Justin Fields has been great. They lost to the Dallas Cowboys a few weeks ago. They lost to the Miami Dolphins as well. But Justin Fields has been impressive. And I believe that the future is bright for Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. So I'm going to roll with the Bears to beat the Atlanta Falcons in an upset pick in Atlanta. I'm going Bears 23, Falcons 20. Got Justin Fields. Winning on a late game winning field goal. The Commanders are favored by three and a half points. They are in Houston against the Houston Texans. It's a one o'clock kickoff. The over under for this game is 40.5. I like the way the Commanders have been playing. I like the way that Heineke has led this Commanders football team. And I said it the other night on the show. I believe that Ron Rivera needs to stick with Taylor Heineke and he should be the starting quarterback for the Washington Commanders moving forward. Carson Wentz is not a leader. I believe Heineke is a leader, and I believe the Commanders stay in the hunt in the NFC. I'm going Commanders 27, Texans 17. We got an AFC East battle in New York. The Jets Versus the Patriots, who are favored by three points. It's a one o'clock kickoff. The over-under for this game is 38.0. I believe that the Jets are a better football team than the Patriots are. I didn't have the Patriots as a playoff team coming into the season. And I know they've played well in the first 10 games of the season. But I'm not a believer in the Patriots. But I am a believer in the Jets, though. I love that Jets defense. I love Sauce Gardner. He is going to be the defensive rookie of the year. So I'm going to roll with the Jets. 
to beat the Patriots in New England. I'm going Jets 20, Patriots 17. Lions at Giants. The Giants are favored by three points. It's a one o'clock kickoff in New York. The over-under for this game is 45.5. The Lions score a lot of points, but they give up a lot of points as well. I believe that the Giants, they win games, but they aren't pretty. They win games ugly. And I think they're going to win this matchup, and it's going to be ugly again. But I do believe the Lions are going to keep it close. I'm going Giants 24, Lions 20. Panthers at Ravens. The Ravens are favored by 12 points. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff in Baltimore. The over-under for this matchup is 42.0. I believe this is your lock of the weekend. I expect Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens to take care of business against the tanking Carolina Panthers. I'm going Ravens 34, Panthers 14. I think it's going to be a lopsided affair in Baltimore. Ravens win big. That is your lock of the week in NFL week 11. Browns at Bills. The Bills are favored by eight and a half points. It's a one o'clock kickoff. The over-under for this game is 42.5. The NFL announced earlier that this game will be moved to Detroit. And it's going to be played at Ford Field because it's a lot of snow in Buffalo. So my prayers and thoughts are with the families in Buffalo. Hopefully they can, they, they're safe. And everything is going well in Buffalo despite all the snow. Josh Allen has been struggling the last few weeks. He's been the reason why the Bills have lost a few games. They're 6-3 and three on the season. This is a must win for the Buffalo Bills. you got to keep pace with the Jets, with the Dolphins in the AFC East. I expect Josh Allen and the Bills to take care of business against Brissett and the Browns. I'm going Bills. 28, Browns, 17. Raiders at Broncos. The Broncos are favored by two and a half points. It's a 4.05 kickoff. The over-under for this game is 41.5. Two of the most disappointing teams in the NFL. It's an AFC West battle. Derek Carr versus Russell Wilson. I believe that the Broncos are going to take care of business at home. So I'm going to roll with Russell Wilson to beat Derek Carr in Denver Sunday afternoon. I'm going Broncos 27, Raiders 24. I think it's going to be competitive, but I think that Russell Wilson will outlast Derek Carr in Denver. The Bengals, who are favored. By four points are in Pittsburgh against the Steelers. It's a 425 kickoff. The over-under for this game is 41.0. If the Bengals are the team that they say they are and that fans here in Cincy tell me they are, the Bengals should take care of business against the Steelers. T.J. Watt will play in this game. But I expect Joe Burrow and the Bengals to take care of business Sunday in Pittsburgh. I'm going Bengals, 23, Steelers, 17. This is the Steelers Super Bowl. 
This is a, mu- a must win for the Steelers, a game they definitely want to perform well in. But I think the Bengals are going to be too much for the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Bengals 23, Steelers 17. And then the Monday night football matchup, NFC West battle. The 49ers, who are favored by eight points, they are in Arizona. It's an 8-15 kickoff. The over-under for this game is 43.5. The 49ers are a more complete football team than the Arizona Cardinals are. The Cardinals are banged up right now. They're dealing with a lot of injuries. I think the 49ers are the more superior football team. I think the 49ers are the more healthier football team. I'm rolling with the 49ers to beat the Cardinals in an NFC West battle in Arizona. I'm going 49ers, 24, Cardinals, 10. Those are my NFL Week 11 wise picks. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Trey Larkins. It is time for Packers football in Green Bay at Lambeau Field. Everyone have a great weekend. I'll be back on next week. Halloween day, screen face. Bloody Mary secondary, Jordan mean face. A-Rod got a all side, free play. That's a cheesecake on a hot plate. Hail Mary, yeah, Aaron to Devontae. Green Booker's yellow ass canaries, Eliante. Got me shining great. I just hit you boys with the Rodgers Ray. Came up with the pack. I done well with the pack. Aaron Rodgers in the trap. I got 12 on my back. Got me rolling out the pocket. Bati Yara blocking. Throw it past the tie-in. Simple man science. Uh, pack them up. I know President Smith gonna tackle them. I know Darius Smith gonna back them up. And you know Darnell is savage, bro. Got Mason Crowley to the kick is good. Green and yellow. We stick it to it. Super Bowl goals. Shooting for the stars. Make the trick pull. Uh-huh, you know what it be, cheese said, Alicia Keys, I'm going Swiss cheese, big G's, falling hard like big meats, big league, Super Bowl champ, big rings, big bling, Lombardi trophy, yeah, Pitts team, shining like a Bart star, number 15 in green, bomb fresh and it's a mint green, list of bring, about to mess around with history, trippery, Green Bay chains, whistle clean, it's a scene, like Paul Hunting, I got five on it, yeah, yeah, Sports Radio Network.